This isn't the end, only goodbye for now. Hello there, my name is Ken Grandpierre, and you're listening to the last ever episode of the 405 Exchange Podcast. Sadly, the 405, which is the magazine that hosts the podcast, will no longer exist in 2020. But don't worry, you'll still be able to listen to all the episodes of this podcast over at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, and wherever you stream podcasts, really. I'll be aiming to launch a new podcast in 2020, so be on the lookout for that. Before we go into the episode, I want to give a big thanks to Oliver Primus, the editor-in-chief of The 405, who also acted as a producer and engineer for this very podcast. When I started the podcast, I had no idea what shape I wanted it to take, and it's very much been a living work in progress. And I love that, honestly, the fact that there was so much to learn. There's many more people to thank, and um, at the end of this episode, I kind of go into that thanking a couple people. Uh, Yeah, but before we jump into it, I really want to say a big thanks to you, the listeners. The idea that someone, anyone, would take time out of their day to hear my voice is, to be frank with you, is quite insane to me, actually. Um, Yeah, I really don't know what to say. I I couldn't have done this without you, and... Wow, man, what an incredible two years it's been. So this episode is pretty interesting. Um, I spent a couple weeks thinking about how I wanted the last podcast to be, and naturally the first idea I had was to just talk into the mic, kind of like one-man show style. Um, That idea bored me pretty quickly. I mean, can you even imagine that? Uh, This show has always been about people, about having guests... um, it's in around how curious I am and how I love people and the fact that everyone has a story to tell regardless of where they come from. So that's what's at the crux of this episode. You'll see what I mean. Let's go into it. This is the 405 Exchange, the final episode of the 405 Exchange. Enjoy. So rather than be very boring and introduce everyone, I'm going to allow you guys to do that, especially because there's more than five, well, there's about five of us here, and it'll be good for you guys to say your name, so that way people are going to associate your name with your voice. So starting with you. Uh, my name is Will Oliver. I am a music blogger, photographer, tall person. <laughs> yeah, I run a blog called We All Want Someone to Shout For, which I take photos for, write about music, and I'm also a film blogger. And who is your daddy and what does he do? I'm kidding, I'm sorry. Uh, now, you. Um, I'm Dana Pacifico. I'm a music photographer, artist, um, photo person. Um, I have a full-time job as doing creative work for a company. And, uh, yeah. I'm Asia Murata. And I am a photographer, a music photographer, filmmaker, and small person. <laughs> I am small. <laughs> I am Sarah Holding. I'm Ken's girlfriend and a British person. That's the <laughs> See, Sarah mentioned being my girlfriend. You guys, like the three of you, should have mentioned that you were my friends. Like, oh, yeah. We're also right. Ken's friends. I never thought <laughs> in that moment, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the reason we're sat here, apart from just generally wanting to catch up, is this is the last podcast recording that I'm doing. At least in terms of like this current iteration of it. Um, 
the reason behind it is that the 405 is shutting down the music the british music publication that hosts the podcast um it derives its name from that and with that the podcast is shutting down in terms of how it is now it'll eventually relaunch um my hopes is to relaunch it and around may or june of next year people listening don't quote me on that because you know life <laughs> changes and shit but um yeah the big thing it, i had in mind was when i knew this was coming i kind of found myself thinking how would i want the last episode to be thinking about different like guests i could have and people who are touring and coming through and i just found myself thinking about like having my friends as well as my girlfriend sat here to share because the the reason i put, picked you guys uh, specifically is that you have all spent time with artists and uh aspects of the industry with like you know management pr and like you know what would go into making something like this happen even though we haven't talked so intimately about it so i thought it'd be really cool to have you guys on and just share this moment where i know because of what all of you do collectively you understand the work that would go in it and also you're all funny as fuck so that helps too <laughs> nice yeah i'm really I'm sad actually, yeah i'm honored yeah, yeah of yeah, I mean, something that was cool is that Will was on the podcast a while back, and Asia was on the podcast earlier this year, and uh, yeah, did you guys enjoy that experience? Terrible. Was it terrible? <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was really cool. It's really, I, I said earlier, I don't know if you're going to edit it, but I just said really sad, but I'm really sad to hear about the 405, because they were one of the first publications I think I shot like a festival for. Yeah. Um, I did... South by Southwest for them a few years back, which was a really nice experience and yeah, yeah. lovely people to work with. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, my experience with you has been great. Oh shucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think this goes back to our conversation. It's sad to hear it's closing because you know I was a yeah. music blog person as well. It's just a lot. Of, there's not many left, so yeah, there really isn't. And for people listening who might be curious i have no idea why it's shutting down uh, the guys who, are, who own it and run it are shutting it down and i imagine a lot of it has to do with the fact that running a blog or an online publication any degree it's a lot of li- laborious work and um it can be really tough so yeah we'll we'll exhale because he knows what that's like so i imagine that comes from it but you know it's weird so i had a moment when i heard it was shutting down knowing that it would lead to the eventual of the podcast i had a moment where i thought to myself like oh, well, that sucks, because I'm enjoying this. But then I actually felt excited, because, like, I found myself remembering that, like, when you're in the thick of something, it's hard to evolve it past a certain point, because you're so stuck in just making something work. And, like, a podcast like this, I hate to use the word routine, but it did kind of become routine. So knowing going forward that it just naturally has to evolve and progress, it's actually pretty exciting. It's hard to picture. I mean, my notes app on my phone is like a fucking mess. <laughs> Coming up with ideas and concepts of what I want to do next. But yeah, it's really cool knowing that it doesn't have a choice. I don't have a choice but to evolve from here. So that's pretty cool. I have no idea what you're going to do with all your free time. <laughs> does this constantly. Yeah. Just talk to you, I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's when we were dating. Everything yeah. nice <laughs> the honeymoon period. Yeah. That yeah. could be your new podcast, the honeymoon period. The honeymoon and period. it's just you talking with Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> and just trying to keep the honeymoon period going. I guess. I mean, the first date was basically an interview. To be fair. That's awesome. That's just what he does. That's how he is, and you don't want to just start the podcast at that point. So. I think he was still kind of like working out how to do that, and it was uh, yeah, yeah. It was very strange for me because I haven't been in that situation before. I was like, it's just you asking questions, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was very much. Um, I remember like a couple years ago, because um, I grew up on like Zane Lowe, and I really love him. 
And what I love about him is he tends to talk very casually about just his thoughts in his life. And he was talking about, like, how uh, whenever he's with his wife, his wife will get annoyed if he gets into, like, presenter mode and she'll shut that shit down. <laughs> so I bring that up because when we started dating, it was very much like that, where the separation between who I was and what I was doing on the podcast was so thin that it'd be, like, times where I'd be in, like, podcast mode and she would just kind of look at me like, okay, be a fucking human being now, please. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I first of all was like, no, we're just going to be friends. And then the second date, the second time we met is when you were interviewing at Overcoats. Yeah. So I saw that that was his interview mode and I was like oh he's a real person outside of this <laughs> shut that down okay yeah. the wild thing though like Sarah said something funny there about like not knowing what I'll do my free time because that was one of the things like so this started technically March of 2017 I don't know if you guys know how it started but I was spending about three or four days with Lisa Hannigan and I was writing a piece around her and what happened was she's known for being pretty uh, morose and depressing and dour due to her music. Like people just kind of assume that's what she would be like because it's like very, um, always confessional, but very like direct uh, storytelling uh, folk music. And what I found from spending time with her is that she's so fucking funny. Like she's absolutely hysterical. And it hit me that like, oh wow, I'm not skillful enough as a writer to convey her humor. So I thought like, oh, if we record conversations and share them with the world, that'd be a good turnaround. So I was able to do that. And then our first proper episode was with Craig David, which kind of hit the... the so crazy. Yeah. Which <laughs> hit, <laughs> yeah. Which hit the, the point home even more because for people who might not be familiar with him, he's such a natural storyteller. So being able to sit with him and not have to worry about the transcribing aspect and stripping down his essence was such a refreshing thing. And... Yeah, that was back in, like, spring of 2017, and up to now, we've done over 330 episodes, Dan. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't think Impressive. I was even aware of that. Yeah, it's really <laughs> fucking consistent. Yeah, and a lot of it came from, I know some people might hear that number and go, like, what the hell, but a lot of, the way the podcast kind of started originally was the idea that, like, I'm going to be shooting these people anyway, like, hanging around soundcheck and killing time, so it's like, why not just record conversations that I have anyway? And then, you know, one of the people who inspires me a lot is um, Joe Rogan and uh, the photographer Sam um, Jones. And Sam Jones has this show off camera, and he was in a similar position. He's like a celebrity photographer. And he got to this point where he realized that, like, he was just naturally curious talking to people. And that's something that uh, Joe Rogan shares with him with his podcast. And I started finding myself in that position where it's like, I'm in a position just for my job of having these really intimate very different types of conversations and being able to share that with the world would be a really special thing so it kind of came from that of just going oh we should make this happen that's so awesome yeah you're like the best person to do it yeah oh shucks no you are i mean i don't i feel like i have a very difficult time not conversing with people but kind of i guess talking openly about this kind of profession but you make me feel comfortable doing so i don't oh. know Maybe. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) That means the world. Well, I I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel that way, so. That podcast we did was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was sweating the entire time. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to say some stupid shit and people are going to stop working with me. or like, I don't know, just complete fear. But, you know, it actually, I was really happy with it. Yeah. And I think what's really 
it's kind of funny, like, because, I mean, Asia does photography, and yes, she works in music, and you work in photography too, well, and something that I think might surprise some people, knowing there were episodes of you, is that some people might look at the catalog list and just see musicians, and it's funny, it was never the idea or goal to have, like, a music, of a, a, a podcast solely based on musicians, it was just out of a proxy of those that people I spend most of my time with, and then I started to notice that, like, you know, with people in my everyday life, like people at like jobs that I work and like people I went to school with, I think a lot of people who don't work in entertainment have this idea that their stories aren't interesting. But I find myself so fascinated by just people in that kind of essence that like just by the virtue of being a human being means you have a story to tell. So I would start interviewing people who weren't musicians and like you guys come because you're photographers, but we have me and Sarah have a friend named Susanna who's a farmer and we did a podcast with her. And it very much came from the idea that, like, hey, you're in your 20s and you're a farmer, and me as someone who is in their 20s and a friend of yours, I have no idea what the hell that entails. Please educate me. That's and, so awesome. Yeah, things that are really cool to me. What does she farm? She farms, uh, I should know this. Sarah, help me out here. She's done a variety of stuff, like, outside of the city, but right now I think she's working on a, uh, a roof, like, garden farm out in Queens. Yes, yeah, in Queens. Oh, wow. She's developing that in, like, a housing association building, so. That's so it's nice. Really cool. yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I got. I literally just got to do the thing that they do on Wants to Be a Millionaire when you say a friend, when you phone a friend to help you out. I got to just live that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That's so dope. Yeah. yeah. Cool. This is a really weird thing to bring up, but like for you guys, because like one of the reasons I wanted to bring you guys on here too was that when the, I'm sure you guys have seen episodes of podcasts with other epi- people where it's like sometimes if they're doing a very, like, singular episode or, like, a very kind of, like, um, uh, you know, like a last episode or whatever, they'll sometimes just have their themselves talking into a mic. And I always find stuff like that weird in the sense that, like, the focus is so on you. And it's weird. That was part of a hesitation I had to even starting a podcast because I think here in New York, so many people do different creative things and there's so many podcasts that even people we know do. And I think for me, the way I had to make sense of it as a thing to do was that if the focus wasn't on me, like I thought to myself, like the idea that someone would wake up in the morning and go like, oh, I have to like listen to Ken's voice was something I would just think to myself is like, yeah, see, that's the face I make. <laughs> that's a really silly thing. But I wonder for you guys, as like, I'm sure at some point you've listened to an episode. Can you remember an episode you listened and who it was with and what you thought about it? Like what guest it might have been with that might have surprised you? I mean, it didn't surprise me, but I remember the first one I listened to was probably you and Deshaun. Mm. I was just, you know, like you said, you interviewed a lot of musicians, so I was fascinated to hear how it went with, like, a, a friend, but also another different type of artist. Yeah. And it was very enlightening to hear, you know, his perspective. And, yeah. yeah. That was something I loved doing, because we actually did that one at a coffee shop. And, um, you know, I don't think I share, I've shared this a lot on this podcast, like, in its entirety, I don't think I really share this, but the initial kind of hope and idea I had is um, in terms of structure. I wanted it to feel like when you were listening to it, it was as if you were like in a cafe or a restaurant or like in a living room or something at a party and you overheard like two people talking and you didn't know them. And then 10 minutes go by and you realize that, oh, you were stood there eavesdropping the whole time. That's kind of like the vibe I've always wanted to encapsulate people. And I love that you brought that episode because I feel like that's kind of what it is. Because I've known Deshaun for about six years now, roughly, or maybe even a little bit more. And I feel like with that talk we did, it really encapsulates what that vibe was. That's definitely what I, like, 
that was the one I was going to oh, point out as well. Because yeah. I was like, oh, you kind of hear like chatter from other people as well and like subtle movements. And it was like kind of what I would envision like a doc style podcast. Does that make sense? Like if, if there were kind of like, I don't know, there are genres of podcasts, obviously. But I was like, oh, this is very like doc-esque. Yeah. In the sense of you're just hearing your like environmental sounds and it was cool. Yeah, it's funny because you've done it in so many strange places. Like I remember I came to um, to I, I was almost gonna meet you and you were doing one in the library at Bryant Park. Oh yeah. Just like in a quiet corner and it was it was strange because it looked beautiful like seeing you down the corridor. But um, what is like the the best and worst locations that you've recorded podcasting? Because some of them are really weird like Central Park. Yeah. Sure, the audio is terrible. Like. That's a good question. The best. I guess I'll start off the best. What was the best situation? I mean, that was pretty good for the acoustics, right? Yeah. Do you know what? I, I just remembered. So the best situations are always when we got to record and some, when I've got the chance to record at someone's home, because it's like, naturally a person is so comfortable within their environment. And that was definitely cool with Asia. There's this artist, this local artist, um, and we saw her live a couple, last year at some point, uh, Elizabeth and the Catapult. And we saw her at um, the Standard in Lower East Side. And the following day, I did a podcast with her at her place um, in Prospect Heights. And she has like um, a very, like when you go to her place, it's very much like an artist's place. Like there's like paintings everywhere. There's like um, paint brushes and there's like, um, like different photos. And it's like all in disarray, but in a very beautiful way. And because we're able to record in a person's home, that means we get to control like all the aspects of the volume in the room, which is very important so that way there's like no bleated noise. And that one was really special because you could tell that and how she opened up throughout the course of the talk, it very much came from her being able to be in our home calling the shots and that was really great. So that's probably the best case scenario. The worst case, <laughs> I actually remember this quite vividly, but it's actually still one of my favorite talks. It was with um, Cameron Avery, who is the on-hand bass player on Tame Impala. Asia's laughing because she knows him too. And for people who have never met Cam, he's a really amazing guy, but he's very uh, blunt in what he likes and what he doesn't like. And originally we were gonna record at his place, but on my way there, he was like, oh, I'm not really feeling being here. How about we go to Roberta's Pizza? <laughs> and I was like, remember that one? I was like, why here? Yeah. And in my head, I was like, oh well, I mean, that might be a little uh, intense. But it was like on a random Tuesday around like two o'clock. And I remember like on my way, I think like, oh, that's not gonna be bad. We go there, and it's busy as fuck. Um. So, so we get there, and like, it's one of those things where like the pushing at it, I didn't want to like put because the thing with doing stuff like this, you have to consider how you uh, make, how comfortable you can make someone feel, how uncomfortable you can make them feel. So there's definitely been times I've had to do pushback on like, hey, this isn't gonna work. But for a situation like that, his adamacy was definitely like a live or die type of thing. So I was like, you know what? I feel confident I could get a great talk out of you in this challenging place, let's do it. It was really tough and like editing it too was like a big chore. But something I love is that within that talk and you know, if someone's to listen to it and find it uh, a struggle to listen to because of the background noise, I get it. But what's really cool is like the way his energy is and how he's talking, you can tell he's feeling energized by the location and it's actually adding to the content that he's sharing. So that I started to notice that too, where 
that was still relatively in the early days of the podcast. And I remember finding myself thinking, like, you know what? Having, like, quiet situations is definitely ideal. But if you have a little bit of background noise where it adds to the character of the person talking, it could be really special. So that was the worst case scenario just because the editing was really bad. But it's still a talk I'm, like, really proud of. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, that was a really good one. And what about you, Dana? I don't have an answer. <laughs> um, am I the asshole friend that doesn't listen to podcasts? No, you're not the asshole friend. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that's cool too because that was, you know what? This is going to sound like of saving ass, but I actually mean it. That's something that was really important to me in the sense that, like, I didn't want to make something that only my friends listen to. So, like, I've had a couple situations where, like, I'll bump into friends at, like, bars or, like, markets or, like, we'll just, like, catch up on Facebook and the podcast naturally comes up and they'll be like, hey, uh, I hope you know, like, I've never listened to it. And then I got to go, like, thank fuck, because I didn't make it for you. (laughs) But I mean that in a respectful way. Like, if you're a friend of mine or you're listening and you listen to the podcast, I am so appreciative and I'm so grateful. But the thing is, it's like, when you create something like this, you really want it to branch out outside of the people you know. So that way... Because people you know are always going to, like, kind of judge it in a way of, like, oh, this is my friend and I have that context. But I've had situations where, like, people I've never met listen to it and they had, like, a very positive or negative reaction. And seeing that has been really cool. I actually haven't had that much negative reactions, actually. I've had, like, a couple times where someone's, like, uh, DM'd me or emailed me and they're like, you talk over people, blah, blah, and. Yeah, it's happened, yeah. Dana made a really funny face. Like, oh, yes, Dana, that's correct. That's the same face I've made. I mean, just the fact that people actually go out of their way to reach out to you to say that. Yeah, that's happened. But you know what? Like, the first couple, the first time it happened, it really bugged me, and it definitely shook me up. But then I, I thought about the context of the type of people I'm talking to, or it's like people have audiences, and it made me think, like, you know... Like, I brought up Sam Jones earlier, and um, if people listening aren't familiar with him, uh, go on to YouTube and check out his show Off Camera. He has this really great... Uh, show where he interviews different celebrities mostly actors and it's like in black and white and he gets these really candid talks and he's a really great guy like super talented what he does um, if you go into any comment section of his videos at least 8 out of 10 times it's someone bringing up the aspect of like oh he talked over them at this point what the hell I hate that and for me I'm a fan of him as well so like I don't mind things as that much like that much of him but I realize with people that when they love someone so much that's gonna override how they feel about me. And I, I grew to like that. Cause it, it was another degree of separation where it's like, you don't know me to the point where it's like, I'm just a random kind of obstruction rather than like a person you feel like a connection with. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. I think going forward though, like with the next iteration of the podcast, I'm gonna try to be a little bit more personal, which feels like a really weird thing to say when I'm approaching 30, but <laughs> it's funny because we had a, well Ken had uh, Patrick Williams on the podcast who's a YouTuber and he's very opinionated with everything that he says and he gets a lot of backlash and a lot of people really hate his stuff and a lot of like, comments online but I think it's because he's in the videos and it's a video and it's very much based on opinion but in terms of the art that you make it's more facilitating answers from the person you're interviewing yeah is that like I mean I know obviously this is about the podcast but with regards to photography do you guys get any negative 
or anything from you make the, the art that you make online? Any negative reactions to things, or is it always like only positive stuff? I mean, I only get positive reactions when I show up in a crowd. Poor <laughs> 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 Will. Honestly, I'm going on the record right now and telling anyone who's at a gig with Will, be nice. Like, be nice. Yeah, I agree. It's not cool, man. Yeah, for people listening who don't have context, uh, Will is tall. How tall are you? I'm 6'6". Six, six. Embrace that. Yeah. It's a beautiful that. thing. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is a beautiful thing, and if you can't see the stage, then shuffle to the right. Okay? You get good angles. You get good angles. Like, I would sell my firstborn child to be at least two inches taller. Like, you're fine. You're good. Don't let anyone tell you different. Yeah, but height aside, have you ever had like a oh, weird or negative? Because you do film reviews, so I guess you have some opinion based yeah. things off this. Well, to touch upon what you said earlier, once you start getting hate mail or you know bad reception, that's how you know you made it. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first step. But um, I mean, not quite like that. I'm more so just like my physical presence. Like I'll get some comments just like, oh, you were that tall asshole who was blocking my view. <laughs> That's actually happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit! I, I remember, I was just telling this story the other day, actually. Uh, the National Play at Irving Plaza, I just bought a ticket, went as a fan, and someone took a photo of the back of my, like, head and back and wrote, hashtag, tall guy, do you really have to be up front Aww. or up close? Aww. And someone sent it to me, and I just wrote, hashtag, yes. <laughs> 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 and it got, like... Every, you know, everyone I knew liked it, and she just deleted it, so that was pretty funny. That is so dope. Yeah. It's a form of discrimination. Like, yeah. I stand by it that. It's it not is. cool. It's not discriminatory. But it, it is in a discriminatory. way, it is, yeah. It's not necessarily it's like... a preconceived like, notion I'm an asshole just because I'm right. tall and want to be close. But you why wanna... shouldn't you be close yeah, to the if you, stage if you, if you want to be? Yeah. If you, you love the band. You get there in time, and you aren't rude, and whatever. Yeah. 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 I'm sure, and I'm always the back. It's my favorite spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I highly really recommend the <laughs> I get all my hands and knees and crawl to the front. And pop up in front of someone like Will. Yeah. No, but for people who are shorter than you, it could even be like, instead of shaming you about yeah. it, they could tap Great you on the talk. shoulder and be like, is there any way maybe I could stand in yeah, front yeah. of you or I to the side front. of you? There's They're not going to... aggressive comments. Exactly. Like, oh, my head's too far in the clouds. I can't hear you, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, to touch on the whole like negative comment thing, um, YouTube's not a fun place. Yeah. Um, Never read comments. Yeah, I yeah I did that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I will say this: it kind of helped me understand that I don't receive critique very well, <laughs> especially from strangers. Um, but it made me start to. Um, I had did a music video for an artist earlier this year, and it was um, very trying conditions and kind of had to make do with what we had and it was a lot of back and forth of like oh the artist wants this but the label wants that and trying to make everyone happy and ultimately like we made the the respondent parties happy but people had a lot to say about it and it was only like a handful of negative comments but it was enough to like get me yelling at a screen uh (laughs) But no, I think there's a degree of like, you know, there's people that are just behind a computer that like to say what they want, no matter how they think they might make a person feel, but you kind of just have to take it in your own stride. No, totally. What about you, Dan? Have you ever felt like any weird 
Um, I can't say in like the social media world I've like experienced it, but definitely um, going to Parsons and being a photo major and being the only person in my program that did concert photography, it was really hard to get my professors to see what I did as art because they were mostly like critiquing fashion or fine art and they would look at my work and just be like, yeah, it's a nice photo, but I don't know how to critique it. So it was really difficult, but um, my thesis professor, Justine Kurland, amazing photographer, um, she saw, I guess, my passion behind it and really pushed me forward. And I mean, I created that really awesome, the Glitch Mob photo, that was my thesis show. And you know, that's behind me. And they're so really supportive and everybody that I went to school with. So it turned around and it was great. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm going to backpedal a little bit, even though I said what I did about, like, uh, friends listening and kind of wanting it to be outside of friends. It has been really amazing having friends listen and having the reactions of... I tell this to Sarah all the time. She thinks it's fake, but it's true. What I'll be so entrenched in preparing uh, for a podcast, recording, editing, and putting it out. By the time I put it out, I would literally forget that it existed. So something that I've experienced quite a bit uh, since starting it is I'll like be out and about, I'll bump into a friend, and I'll be like, oh, I listened to this podcast you did that went out today, or one that went out weeks ago, and I'm like, oh shit, like, I really love this bit. And I'll stand there going like, oh fuck, that's right, that exists. Shit, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, like if you're someone who's uh, I've experienced that with, or even not, and you just listen, like that's wild to me because I never take it for granted the idea that like someone's gonna spend either 15 20 30 or even maybe actually 60 minutes or plus listening to my voice and that's so fucking weird guys like it's really trippy the idea is weird the idea that someone's gonna deliberately listen to you talk it's like it's really fucking nuts the first time I heard your voice was on a podcast episode yeah because we hadn't met yet yep we met with Tinder and I was texting. We were texting, and then he was like, "I have a podcast." And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, okay. okay. Yeah, right. yeah. So I was texting him and hearing his voice. Be impressed. Met, it was like, it's a very strange way to, to get to know somebody. It I'm is. like, I guess a celebrity. <laughs> if you were to date a celebrity, that's Tinder. That's so funny. Oh. Yeah. Asia, you have to get running, right? Time is it? That's it. I have like five minutes. Yeah, five minutes? Okay. So when the five minutes go past, we'll like pause and jump back on. But, okay, um, cool. Yeah, one of the big things that was important for me with doing this, and I'm curious to get your you guys' thoughts on like maybe podcasts you enjoy or like Dan in your context, like shows maybe is that for me I would say the big like goal was to make sure the focus was in storytelling. And I felt like that was something that was really important where what I, when people would listen, I wanted them to feel like my role was more as like an arbiter rather than an individual. I'd want people to feel like they were that person in the party who was like listening to the conversation, but also me who was like one half of that conversation. And like I, a big, it's kind of funny, my podcast style is nowhere like um, this other podcast, like the, the Joe Budden podcast. It's this hip hop podcast. And that's a lot where I got the, the inspiration of like making a podcast feel like you're listening out on conversation. Cause you listen to them and it's just like, these three guys, sometimes four, they're all friends. It's just them bullshitting. For like three hours. For like three hours. And I just love the vibe of that because it's like, it makes you feel like you're involved. So I bring that up because I'm curious if you guys have noticed that with what I do and if you enjoy that maybe in other areas too. Like if there's other forms of media you like that. 
I mean, you're just a very naturally charismatic person who brings people together, like right now. Oh, and I think your podcast and just all formats of your art and life, you know, you're just a very... What's the word I'm looking for? It's a, a warm embrace. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but it definitely shines through in everything you do, especially the podcast. You make everyone feel comfortable that you're interviewing and also listening to the stuff. Oh. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do, you know. I've done interviews on my blog, and not in a podcast form, but like I record them, obviously, and I listen back to it. I'm just like, no one can ever hear <laughs> this ever. <laughs> and it's, it's brave in a way to put yourself out there. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do, even with just like our photography, but let alone, you know, you're putting yourself out there. So that's yeah. the first step. So congratulations. The hardest part <laughs> has been done. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The first step, you're way past that. Yeah. You're running, you're not walking. <laughs> I mean, this is such like a random, not a random thing, it's kind of tied to it, but like something that was wild to me was that when we started, uh, it was all kind of like a rush type of thing of just like, we started and we didn't think about the branding aspect of just like, oh, we're doing this now. And then after a couple months, it was like, oh, we have to like establish a name and establish like a look. And those are things you should think about previous before starting, but it happened like during the mix of it. So we kind of slapped some artwork together and I hated it. So after a couple of months, I was like, you know, it's actually important that I put forward um, artwork that has my face and name on it. So that way people can associate a face to the voice. And, you know, especially now in 2019, there's such important context for that in terms of like um, a cultural context. Cause some, there's been a couple episodes where I've had to bring up the fact that I'm black. <laughs> and In my head, it would be like, oh, I have to recognize that someone listening doesn't know me and they won't know that. So the artwork was a deliberate thing in mind for that. But it's like you guys are saying in terms of putting yourself out there, it's really weird <laughs> to know that on iTunes, Spotify, and all these <laughs> like uh, streaming platforms that you could search my name and artwork with my face is going to come up. So crazy. It's, it's really fucking It's awesome. Nice. Now, was there ever any conflict with you kind of taking the lead on the podcast kind of with your own branding versus like the 405 like no and that's something that i feel really grateful for so like when it started out and this is what i'm grateful for with the 405 forever is that um i started doing stuff with them back in 2015 and the way it kicked off is that i have a band that i'm friends with called sam for men and i was gonna be spending the day with them as they played um one of the rooms at the lincoln center and the 405 reached out to me and said hey we know of you and know your stuff and we love Sam Men. We'd love to have like exclusive photos. Would you like to do this thing? And I was like, sure. And from there, it spawned off from um, just me requesting to do certain things and um, asking if they'd be cool with it. And for the most part, they are. So when the podcast happened, it was, it feels really weird saying this out loud. It was more like me. We we had established this relationship where it was like me telling them I was going to do something rather than asking. And then when the podcast became what it was, where it's like such an involved thing. Um, Oliver, who's like the editor of the 405, he kind of started to operate a bit as like a producer and engineer. So what's great about that is I got to bounce ideas off him and he got to like help me with the audio editing. But for the most part, it turned into very much me like being a captain of a ship that I just kind of stumbled on. <laughs> so there, there was, there has been some pushback in terms of like, uh, we would talk over every guest I was going to have and there are like only two instances where I was like, I'd love to have this person or this band on. And it was like, no, it's not going to like fit with what we do. But I mean, two instances out of like 330 plus, I mean, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Now you got a name on too. 
Exactly. It was um stereophonics and Casabia. And I love both of them and I was like yeah. really keen on like going but you know what, I understand where the the context came from because those are bands that I love from a passionate standpoint, but in terms of being interviewed, stereophonics are better than Casabian. Stereophonics have become good interviews, but they haven't for the longest time. So there was this bit of trepidation of like, could we actually um, get people intrigued past just the fans? Mm-hmm. And and also like the you know you brought the aspect of like fitting under the four or five umbrella. There was a brand to consider, so those at- acts didn't really fit within that. And there's actually been some other ones too. I say just the two. Those two are the ones I like cared about that I was like, oh, I'd love to push for. There's been like loads of other acts I kind of like brought to the table. But what was really cool is that anytime it's been a no or like a not really, it helped me uh, realign my focus on stuff I actually really want to do. Because um, there's a lot of publicists and like managers who are probably listening. I hope you know I listen to every submission you sent me. But it's one of those things that just because I listen to everything and consider it doesn't mean I can just like run with it. So it's one of those things where like I could fall in love with someone for a day and then over the course of a day, a mute, an act for example, or like an artist who does visual work, I could find myself thinking like, is there an actual story here to share? And that's the cool thing about it. Asia has to run, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna actually pause and I'm gonna like hit the recording and after she's gone. Well before but, we pause, congratulations Ken, because this is like really awesome and it's so cool to see you. everything you've been doing. And I'm looking forward to the next uh your next step. Yeah. Man. I appreciate it. If you're listening and you don't know Asia's work, find her on social media. Um <laughs> it's easy to find her. Uh this your Instagram is just like your name, right? It's not yeah, like but it's not Asia like the consonant. It's, yeah, you should. <laughs> it's never like that. It's A Y S I A. Marotta. M A R O T T A. And you just came off the heels of touring with Lewis Capaldi. That was I amazing. Did. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's really a cool. wild, insane ride. And she's off to do more work because she never stops. Yeah. <laughs> never stop stopping. Dude, thanks so much for being part of this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so we'll be right back. There's probably going to be music that cuts in between us, so that's going to be kind of Nice, cool. that's, a good, that's a good segue. Be like, bye guys. <laughs> Thank you. So we're back, and to um, the, you know, absolute annoyance of my friend Dana here, I'm going to put the focus on her a little bit, because uh, you heard Asia earlier, she had to run, and Will's still here, so is Sarah. Uh, Asia and Will have both been on the podcast before, and I've been dying to do one with Dana in the last few months, but we never got around to it. So as she sat here, I wanted to get the chance to ask her a couple questions because something that I love about Dana is that she's a very <laughs> unique person. She's a very one-of-a-kind person, and it's been like a true privilege to be your friend because being able to hang around you and make jokes with you and see how passionate you are over the course of our friendship has definitely made me want to be a more passionate person. So... That's something I really appreciate, getting to be your friend. Thank you. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, something that I'm really keen to fu- like ask you, and this isn't even for just people listening, like, once in a while when I ask, sometimes on the podcast I ask questions, and I always like to preface that this is more for me than a listener, because I've been friends with you for a long time now, and I've never had the chance to ask you this, so this is what uh-huh. I want to ask you. When you're shooting a show or, like, even shooting a portrait or just having a camera in your hand and another human being in front of you what is it that you're looking for because what i love about you is that you get so caught up in how you're feeling in the moment 
that I'm always like amazed that you're able to also shift your focus to creating something. You do it really well, and I just wonder, what is it you're looking for? Um, what is it that I'm looking for? I mean, what I'm drawn to is definitely color, movement, quiet moments. Um, but in the moment, I guess I'm just letting my brain do the thinking, and I'm not necessarily realizing that it's happening, if that makes sense. And I know I take breaks a lot to like dance in the middle of the photo pit, which is a big no-no. But, um, I don't know, it seems, like, very fluid when I transition from those moments. Um, yeah, I don't, that's, I was that's gonna, a tough one. I was going to ask for someone who hasn't seen you in a photo pit, mm -hmm. what is Dana like in a photo pit? What prompts this question? Because yeah. I usually just see photographers, like, standing. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You're more like a member of the crowd, is that? Oh, that's a good point, and Dana alluded to it. Dana will find herself dancing in the photo pit, but, like, it's not just the dancing, and I've noticed this over the years. She'll also be, like, looking at the artist, and, like, if she's singing, she's, like, making eye contact and letting them know oh. that someone <laughs> passionate is here. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. there's some people... They must love that. That's the thing. Usually I... they have that break between the crowd and the stage that they hate. I get... You've told me sometimes they hate it, and they want to have to talk about it, and they'll, yeah. you've got to leave after three songs, whatever else, but... Yeah, I must feel like the crowd is right there with them. Yeah. If you're there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'm definitely... I love what I do, so... Oh. It's like a privilege to be there and being able to, I guess, be a little bit closer than front row for a couple mm -hmm. of songs. I, I love it. One time I remember uh, Bonnaroo, yeah. what year was it? I don't know, M83 played. And uh, being in the photo pit and I was singing Reunion and me and Anthony Gonzalez locked eyes, like, Ooh. as we were, like, singing. Oh, <laughs> and that was, like, a really, that was a really awesome moment. I'm glad to hear the photographers get that because I always think whenever it's bands that I love or, or acts that I love and Ken's right there at the front, like if I could just get the photo pass for like one song and just be that close. But <laughs> so do you only shoot bands that you know or acts yeah. that you know? Okay, Honestly, that's yeah, I, that sounds horrible and like maybe pretentious, but uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't shoot anything I don't know unless I'm getting paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's why I think makes it so enjoyable and why I've been doing it for so long. Yeah, I think it makes a difference if you shoot an artist you know, you want to capture that why yeah. you like them, the essence. and yeah. You know, you could still do that with a band you don't know, but I think it definitely shines through in a different way if you're shooting yeah. a band you really love and you try to capture that yeah. in your own way. Yeah. And I imagine those instances too, when you're shooting an act and like, it's not just the aspect of that night, it's also the course of the week when you're building up, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys have seen me in the photo pit for Florence and the Machine. Yeah. Hot chip. Hot chip. Yeah. Yeah. LCD, Phoenix. Rapture. <laughs> Never shot LCD, so I can't say that, but... I've seen you around at yes, LCD yeah. shows. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but like, I think that's... I love that you do that. I don't think I've told you face-to-face, -face, but I love that you do that because... There might be some people who like see that who don't know you and are like, why is this person so caught up in the moment? But I always find my, when I see those instances where someone's like looking confused, I always find myself thinking like, oh, well, wait till I go on Instagram and see your photos and see how you fucking <laughs> cream them. Because that's the thing. It's like you prove that, because for, for people listening who might not be familiar, when you work within uh, music journalism, music photography, music content creation, because it's a weird amalgamation of so many stuff, you, I, I felt this way, I imagine all of you guys have as well. There's like the struggle of um, having a degree of separation between being personable and professional 
and almost feeling like they have to be two separate kind of spectrums. But someone like Dana, you got to remind me that, oh no, you can actually be just as professional as you are personal, and then the two can coexist. So that's a really great thing. I mean, I know that it's, uh, I'm sure it's a group that you guys are a part of, the concert photographers around the world. On I Facebook have been. I've been off it for like maybe a year now. And I mean, like, it's it's just a bunch of like, I feel like old white men and they always are very pretentious and like saying stuff about pit etiquette. And I'm like, if only they saw me. me. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I do. There's a fine line between enjoying yourself and being stiff. Like it's you're, you're sh- you know, you have a job to do, and you could be professional and polite, but you're still you're shooting live music. Like if you're not having some fun doing it, and you can fuck off, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's got to be the way a lot of people get into concert photography. If they're not, I mean, I've heard from people that you've spoken to before that um, they're just at shows, and when they're very young, they look and they go, "Who are those guys who get to go right to the front, yeah. have a great time doing it? They're shooting the band. I want to be in that." And they build from there, so they start off maybe like you are shooting the bands they love, having a great time, and then eventually becomes more yeah. routine and process and where the money is. But it's great to see that you've maintained the, the love of it and shooting from yeah. there. The money is nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, the way you described that, that, that nice one, by the way. The way you described that, 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 that was me when I was 17, because you guys might not even know. The way I got started was, um, and for people listening, I always love bringing that up, because it's like, oh, people listening, I hear Hi. you. I know that you exist. Hello. Um, Prior to starting a podcast, uh, most of my life, my adult life, I've been a music photographer. And that's, that for the longest time, that was the primary function of what I did. And then being, to going to journalism kind of came from that out of necessity and uh, podcasting after that. But that's what music photography, the way it came into my life, is that um, I moved here to New York City back in 2008 uh, in the summer before college starts. And it was the first time in my life where I got to go to shows just out of my leisure, just for fun, like shows that weren't local shows. And um, it was a thing where I would get annoyed not being able to be really close, but the times that I would be at the barricade as a fan, I would see the photographers and I would think exactly like Sarah said, like, how can I be there? And um, at the same time, it's kind of all like kind of happenstance, how it coalesced together. I had like a really cheap uh, point and shoot and I would take photos for fun. And I remember a very potent moment, um, July of 20, 20, um, 2008, um, where I saw this British band called The Subways. They're amazing, really great guys. Uh, Billy might be listening because he's the front man. He's, we're friends now, which is not Hi, Billy. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I remember I went to that show, 17 years old, had a very shitty point show, didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> And I took like maybe 500 photos. I went home that night, and there were two <laughs> photos that were incredible. That's but out of the 500, and that really fueled the idea of um, that was the seed that planted that this could become a thing. Because yeah. I remember thinking at that moment, like, oh, if I could do that better, then I could really like enjoy myself more. And that was like kind of like how it spawned up from there. That's interesting. Yeah. I never, you know, like, I've told you guys, just kind of fell into all this. Like, I went to shows and took, I had a point and shoot, but I never, like, had that, had that thought. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was obtainable. I didn't think you could get your way in there unless you were already in, you know? Like, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. But kind of funny stories, I saw Foo Fighters at MSG, I was in the front row, yeah. and this photographer, Todd O. Young, who you guys mm. might know, oh, yeah. took a shot of me and my friends, and he gave me his card, and 
it was kind of a cool moment. You know, I had a photo on, I think it was Prefix Magazine, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, ten years later, I was shooting in a pit with him. Oh, I hadn't seen him since, and it was kind of like a full circle moment. I was wow. like, oh, That's wow. Amazing. I didn't say anything to him. I just let it be, but it was just like, oh, shit. Was that when wow. Foo Fighters <laughs> played MSG of social distortion? And no, no. It, I want to say it was Serge Tankian from System of a Down and wow. Against Me or Cold War Kids. It was a weird combo. I mean, That's a yeah. really nuts thing. Yeah. 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 Dan, how did you get into it? Actually, how did I know? Um, how did, I mean, if I'm being very specific, October 8th, 2010, I saw gorillas at MSG. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, and I was living here and I was too broke to go. So I'm forever, <laughs> yeah. I'm forever jealous of Dana for the fact yeah. she got to experience that because that's yeah. a legendary MSG show. That yeah. show was um, life changing for sure, and I was not close by any means. But I remember just being like, I want to, I want to be down there. Like I want to, I want to get this, document it. Um, you have photographer already. I mean, no, but if, like, I really actually, like, dig deeper, like, I was always bringing cameras with me to shows, like, I have, I have, like, disposable, like, four by sixes of sync. like, seeing them at the Prudential Center on the Pop Odyssey tour, like, I, who was I? Um, but, yeah, I don't know, yeah, Gorillaz was definitely the, the pivotal moment where I was, like, even kind of going through... Internally, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and saw that show and I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to art school to do photography and wow. there we go. And that was cool. Yeah, so it seems like all of us kind of were headed towards this path, even if we didn't realize it, just by yeah. bringing, wanting to document show, even if yeah. we didn't know it at the time. We were being point and shoots and want to capture that moment. Yeah. Just yeah. naturally converged. And, yeah, here we are. Yeah. I wonder if there's any percentage of concert photographers who would just photographers, landscape, portrait, whatever, photographers outside right. of that, and then move to concert photography rather than music fan first, then concert photographer. Yeah. I've heard of a couple mm. instances that happen, like some people I've met over the years, and even for me now, like, it's kind of weird. The term music photographer is one that I most, you guys have probably noticed and how I've maneuvered in the last, like, maybe two or three years, where I've been trying to be so proactive and doing more than just concert stuff, where, like, it's a beautiful and exhilarating thing, but sometimes you can feel kind of constricted mm -hmm. and um, yeah. feeling inspired. Yeah. And one of the things with the podcast, too, that was interesting um, in starting it was um, I always felt like my portrait skills were a little lacking or that I could learn to do portraits more. So I actually made a goal for myself in 2017, like a New Year's goal. This is my first time vocalizing this, which is weird because I hate New Year's goals. But <laughs> I set one for myself where I was like... By the end of 2017, I'm going to take over 100 portraits. Oh, shit. Like, kind of like the Malcolm Gladwell thing of, like, you, to put in your 10,000 hours. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm not going to take 10,000 portraits. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm going to take 100 portraits. And then when I started the podcast around, like, March of that year, I've, I realized that, oh, I could, if, to the best of my ability, I could always make sure a podcast is correlated with a portrait that I'm mm -hmm. taking, which is an added level layer of um, intimacy. So that was, like, something that drove me quite a bit to doing that. That's a great um, New Year's re resolution. I had a similar one, but I didn't like put a number on it. Yeah. I just, cause I also feel like I have a hard time with portraits. I get, um, I get very in my head where I'm, I feel like the people that I'm photographing are judging the way I'm seeing oh, them. I um, so I made a similar goal, but I didn't like put a number on it. And um, I remember I would, 
just put myself in this situation to be like, okay, can I take a portrait? And then they'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Now I have to do this. Shit. Oh my God, I have to go meet Sophie Tucker at Barclays Center and take their portrait in their green room. Fuck, But fuck. you fucking slayed that. Like, yeah, people listening who aren't familiar, please go find that because, like, I, I know them pretty well and they've been on the podcast too. They're great people, Sophie Tucker. And um, I remember we were texting before that because you were asking me, like, what they were like. Mm. And it's like, any tips or you were like very big like what do they hate tell me things they hate <laughs> and then like fucking the next day when you like put up a preview photo it's like you killed it like that yeah. was really awesome yeah that was uh, that was a good one i was i was really happy with that i, I kind of like the idea of portraits also having such a short amount of time with them and kind of having like you don't know what you have to work with you don't know what the setting is really like okay you got a green room what does it look like like how big is it what's the lighting like i like that drunk is the ox like yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but it's been fun i guess working at getting better at it i still need to try harder yeah I want to ask you one more thing, Dana, and it's like a really like almost stale question, but I'm kind of curious and exploring it with you, like with, cause you know, year to year, we always find ourselves thinking about different things we want to do and like that whole aspect of like evolving as artists and figuring out how we grow. When you think about like through the course of 2019, what do you think was like a challenge for you that you've like, not even like overcame or struggled to overcome, but something you recognize might've been a challenge at the start of the year and you were just kind of like, working through it throughout the year? Um, I think I definitely started the year off kind of on a hiatus from the camera. So that was something that I worked through. And and, I mean, we'll kind of touch on this. Things get, you start to feel stale in shooting shows and it gets hard with always like, I don't know, publicists being assholes or, you know, getting denied for a show where you're like, why? Like, the publication's fine, I'm a great photographer, like, why is this an issue? But um, that's something that I'm trying, that I've worked on in myself, is not uh, being so hard on myself when I get, like, denied from things. Um, And getting better at appreciating a shoot that maybe, like, I wasn't proud of myself and like what I captured um I mean yeah I guess that's what I've kind of been working through and just trying to put myself out there more definitely yeah I mean something that was really sick I mean that uh uh spotlight that Adobe did on you that was really cool cool. I I mean that was amazing I don't even know how that happened (laughs) (laughs) was that one of those things where like Because I imagine, like, obviously there's, like, an email thread before that happens. You're like, okay, this is going to happen. But then when you see it live, like, when it actually comes online, like, uh, what did that feel like? Like, when you saw that actually living? Well, when they reached out to me, like, they, it it was obviously Adobe, but they were presenting it as Adobe Create Magazine. And, like, I Googled it, and I was like, oh, it's, like, this little, like, thing. It's an offshoot of Adobe that's dope. Yeah. Um, And, like, they posted, and it was really cool. And, like, I would, like, send it to my mom. And, like... To me, I was like, yeah, look at this cool thing. And I was like, Dana, like, it's Adobe. And I'm like, yeah, but like, whatever. And then when, like, it didn't really hit me until, like, Adobe Adobe posted it on Instagram. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This is pretty serious. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's an amazing photo. I mean, the, there's like a main Florence photo that's there mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. And obviously Florence Machine is like one of your favorite artists too. Yeah, yeah. I, that's definitely my favorite photo yeah. I've ever taken. That's a really beautiful thing. So um, I'm actually going to do something that's really different now. I'm going to call a good friend of mine. Her name's Nicole Almeida. She's also a photographer, but um, she's someone I've known for a couple years now and really good friends. She's like a sister to me. And uh, when I was thinking about how I wanted this last episode to be, I was finding myself thinking, how could this be different? And I found myself thinking, you know what? Nicole's a really good friend. She's uh, heard me. <laughs> She's bounced ideas off of me off the podcast and stuff. And uh, if there's someone else I'd like to share this last moment with, it would definitely be her. And uh, yeah, we're going to give her a call. Something that's funny is I text her to let her know I'd be calling her in two minutes. I'm actually calling her now, so that's super funny. <laughs> But, um, yeah, <laughs> people are about to hear the voice of a very funny Brazilian person. <laughs> she also has her own podcast as well, right? She did for a while. Um, she's also figuring that out. Too. She, so she maybe like she's got a bit more understanding of the difficulty. Let's see. Hello? Oh, it's right here. I should probably, like, take off speaker while it's right here. This is real life, folks. Do-do-do. Hi. You are on, hi, this is Ken Grandpierre of the 405 Exchange Podcast, and you are on. I know it's you. Yeah, no shit, I know, you're supposed to pretend you did it. How are you doing? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand what you said. I said, how are you doing? Yeah, that is a pretty rough thing, honestly. We were texting about that. Um, you are here with uh, Will Oliver of Good Promo. Hi. Uh, Dana. Yeah, Dana Pacifica. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Dana Pacifica. Hello. Hello. And you know Sarah. Sarah's here too. Hi, Nicole. Yes, I know Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi. And the reason I wanted to call you is that um. You're like literally my little sister, and um, you've we've talked loads about podcast stuff over the years. So when I figured I was gonna do the last episode, I just kind of wanted to like uh, have you on for a couple minutes, and you could share your thoughts or opinions or whatever. And you're really good at. Free- I love sharing my thoughts and opinions. That's exactly how I wanted to talk to you. So <laughs> yeah, you've seen the podcast literally from like the start to where it got to. Yeah. So. That's really wild, honestly. Um, yeah, it is. I remember when we were, like, just, like, getting to know each other and thinking, you, like, Ken, really mentioned that you want to start a podcast, and, like, I blinked, and the podcast started, and I was like, whoa, that was, um, determination, and then it's, like, it's not a normal podcast, because you put out an episode for a day, because you're a little bit of a cycle, but I love mm-hmm. it, so it's like, um, it's a oh, thanks. And yeah, I mean, I'm. You know what? Like, um, I was telling everyone earlier how like we got to the point where like essentially there was like over three hundred or thirty or so episodes, and like when I hear that number, it's wild to me too. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a yeah. really nuts thing. And I can't believe you've been talking for that long. No, <laughs> I really can't. 
I can't at all because it's like that's the thing I said earlier to them, like how the idea that like people would choose to listen to my voice is weird. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, I don't think it's weird. You just have stuff to say and interesting people to talk to. So as long as the conversations are worth listening to, you're always gonna have an audience, right? That's true. I think that's a good point. And also, you're like quite a fan of podcasts too. So the fact that I love them, yeah. So that was the thing I always found really good because I knew that like if I put an episode out uh, that sucked or if I did something that was lame, I knew you'd always be honest with me. And yeah, I just mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I just appreciate the fact of like knowing that you would be frank. <laughs> You're a very frank person. Yeah, but I like to be fair because I know you. I kind of use your podcast as a more like oh, I miss Ken, let me hear his voice and let me hear him talk to a stranger for an hour. <laughs> so, like, it's a really, it's like, it's a thing that's close to my heart. It's very hard for me to be critical of it. Except, you know, I've been critical of it, but in a jokey fashion. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is there anything else you want to say about just the podcast or me or anything? Are you already dismissing me? Come on, I'm a special guest. I'm floating it from Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just want to... (laughs) See, this is exactly what I wanted to have you on because people can see how fucking hilarious you are. I have a question for Nicole. As as the critic, as the podcast critic, were there any episodes that Ken did that you didn't like? Oh, that, well, thanks for putting oh. me on the spot there. Jesus God. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everyone's been saying such I, nice I, things I about you. Think so. <laughs> I feel like, like, to be fair, I'm going to be very honest. I haven't played since 1230 years ago. Nobody <laughs> has. Nobody has. Not <laughs> even me. Like, you have. No, I mean, by minutes. I know, I'm just kidding. I'm being an ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think, he's never done things that I don't like, but I think gotten better in interviewing as the podcast has gone by. But I, I but I don't think there's like anything that you can point at and be like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> uh, you know? Like, because I don't know. And also, like, if I did, I don't know if I would say it on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very critical thing. It feels weird, too, because um, I have the idea of, like, relaunching it. Well, you know, doing it like a new podcast. Yeah, I don't feel like we're saying if, you, if you're going to, like, relaunch it. So, like, people are going to hear this, like, really emotional funeral. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, oh, no, listen, it's back. It's like Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean. LCD. I, I think I like to see it as the equivalent of, like, when you um have a used car that, um you know, it's on its last legs, and then you end up getting like extra tax money, and you're able to buy a new engine. That's how. That's a very specific scenario that probably. Doesn't <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> I just realized that. I know exactly what you. Like, I'm just being specific. Is it like a fixed car, or is it just like a 2010 Toyota Corolla? That's a good point. Yeah, that analogy is kind of dead in the water, to be honest with you. That's kind of like. <laughs> No, but um, I, I appreciate you, honestly. And, um, oh, thank you. I appreciate you, too. Oh, well, shucks. Thank you very much. And, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for just always being there and just, you know, being able to be intrigued by... Because, you know, something I appreciate you t- about you, too, is you tend to be very curious. So that's a great uh, oh. quality to have when it comes to a platform like this. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for saying all these nice things about me. And, like... 
Oh, but it's okay, because that's the context in which we're talking, so it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah, uh, be- before I say goodbye, is there anything you want to share off the world? Because something I've done with a couple musicians lately is I like to bring up the fact that, in the end, that people are listening, and it's like, if there's something you want to share off the larger world, this is your opportunity. You get to share a oh thought with strangers. Do you want to share a thought with strangers? I could, I could really, like, embarrass you right now, but I won't. <laughs> you can marry what? Embarrassing. I I could embarrass you. I will not do that. You absolutely shouldn't do that because uh, that'd be a terrible thing. <laughs> There's no reason why you would do that. Is there anything I would like to share with the world? That's a big question. That is a big question. I don't know if people are going to listen. Yeah, sure. I'll share this with the world. I'm supposed to go to a party that I don't want to go to. And all my friends are going to go there. And it's the state of my Saturday right now. Because I am. 22, but I internally I'm actually 18 years old. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I feel like, oh yeah, I love my dog. Shout out to Gigi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely gonna hear this. <laughs> relaunch it's this is actually a good thing to bring up uh i'll, I'll like for people to say i'll obviously be posting and all that stuff but be on the lookout for like something with my name and i would say the word exchange i'm still trying to figure out a new title if anyone has any ideas set it forth but i think it's definitely gonna have the word exchange in it with my name somehow it's like a need. It's a necessity, I would say. <laughs> As you were saying that thing, by the way, about me being curious and how it's a nice quality, Sarah kind of turned to me and had her eyebrows up for a second, and like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of information from Ken all day long about things that yeah, not yeah, anyone else cares. No one else cares about. <laughs> but Ken cares about everything. <laughs> Which is nice. Like, the amount of things that I know because I just get random texts, like, yeah. really explaining things that said. Yeah. He's like, oh, do you want to know about Battletoads Galactic? I'm like, not really. He's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had to search for it. Right. But it speaks to Ken's interest in everything, I think, is what's propelled yeah. you to be able to, to do this so well, is because it's not just the times that you sit down with the people, it's the effort and the research that goes into it before you get to that point. And that's why it's so disappointing if there's rescheduling or people cancel late. Because you yeah. spend hours, you sit here, you go through their most recent yeah. videos, their social media, things that are coming up for them. Yeah. And then after the fact, it's like the post-production stuff. It's it's a lot that goes into it. And if you didn't have that innate curiosity that you have for people's lives and their stories, I think you'd find that a lot. I mean, 330 episodes, that's like an insane amount of research gone into every single one of them. So Yeah, it's pretty wild. I applaud it. Do you feel on top of the world now? She just said such amazing things. She really did. I feel really good. Oh my god. I feel really good right now. Uh, I'm gonna Yeah, ha- also, yes? like, just a little small fact. I do not 
I don't either, especially because, like, you know, in high school and college, I was very much, like, a C student. I don't know how that works, too. But no one cares. High school and college don't determine how smart you are. Like, this, this is very true. It is about how much you can test and stick to the rules. Yes. If you're a 16-year-old person listening, one, I do not know how you stumbled on this podcast. It's very confusing. <laughs> but two, yes, high school does not mean anything. It's not important. And uh, your parents no, are no, no. to... Go to Exactly. And like always, Nicole Amanda says something way more elegantly than I'll ever be able to. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the person is on her last semester of college right now, if I were telling people to not go to college, that would really be a burden in like, my whole image. So I can't be like, fuck college. I'm going to be like, ah, you know, go through it. Yeah, co- college is the bestest. I said college is the bestest thing. Is it right, guys? Is it? I'm kidding. We could go for hours. We can go for hours. Uh, don't answer that. We go for hours. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> don't call me. We have talked for hours on the phone. Like, if you do want me to stay on, like, I will just talk to people. I was really... I was really sure, like, when I said if you wanted to say anything to the world, I was really sure you are going to tell people to recycle. You actually took me for a surprise. That was nice. <laughs> Wait, well, what did you think of that? Thing? I thought you were going to tell people to recycle. Thanks so much for being part of this. No, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. Have fun. Bye. You can see why I wanted her on. She's really fucking funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I just have a couple more things I want to bring up while we're doing this last ever podcast episode. It's kind of funny. So this is the last, this is going to be the official last recording that goes out. But I actually have two more podcasts to do the, the week coming up, like with like musical guests. So that's really weird. I'm no, feel lied to now. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's called be, that, that's called the existence of being a human being. You're welcome. Welcome. Bumpy ride. Right. I'm glad I could encapsulate that for you. <laughs> no, but seriously, thanks for having us. Of course, yeah. I, I wanted to ask everyone here, um, what would you say has been um, your favorite moment of 2019? And it could be related to your craft specifically. And like, you know, Sarah, even with you, like, you don't work in uh, music, but if it can be related to you know your life. What do you say has been your favorite moment in 2019? And I'll share mine last. Oh gosh, I need to scroll for a second. You need to scroll for a second. I'm going to grab myself another drink first. Mm. That's a loaded question, Ken. Like a life moment or concert moment or anything? Like anything. Anything. Concert, life. I mean... It could be related to photography, but even not anything. I mean, tw- you know, it's a wide spectrum. Um, okay, I'm going to go. Uh, I really loved this um, 
pertains to the craft. I loved photographing Tiana Taylor. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was a last-minute shoot, because I remember I asked to shoot for you, Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you were like, oh, Nick Karp's got it. But then I think, like, the day before, you texted me and was like, Nick Karp can't do it. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yes! <laughs> and it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. And I was with you at that show. Yeah, was, oh, my God, you were! Yeah, that was a Red Bull present show. I'm a big Tiana Taylor fan. I'd never seen her live before. No, And yes. we got to shoot that together, and that was an amazing night. Do you remember we, like, normally... I don't know if people know this, uh... Concert photographers are only allowed in the photo pit for the first three songs, generally. But do you remember we were in there for, like, what, like, seven to eight? Yeah, we were there for a long time. Yeah. I remember being like, are they going to kick us out? No? Okay, good. Another outfit change? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was an unbelievable show. And, yeah, like, she's one of those people that's just, like, a world-class performer. And um, that was a Red Bull show that they did um, at the upper level of Hammerstein Ballroom. Which I didn't know existed. Yeah, they normally don't do events there. So that's almost like a double special thing. Cause yeah. It's like, to experience a show like that in such a special place, it's really amazing. Yeah. yeah. I have another few minutes. Do you? Well... We've had some good moments this year. We moved into yeah. our apartment this year, which was great. Yeah. Um, but Greenpoint I'll keep it, represent. Greenpoint represent. Um, but I'll keep it music related. Um, so one of my favorite moments of 2019 was like the first moment of 2019. So last year over Christmas, Ken came to visit my family back home in, in Manchester in the northwest of England. And for New Year's Eve, we went to see Everything Everything play a show at like a newish venue. Mm. It's like a warehouse just outside of Manchester. They're one of my favorite bands. I wasn't drinking because I was driving. <laughs> um, Ken, I think you drank a bit, but like they, I just, I love them, and that whole moment was just amazing. I was like screaming every word. I was going crazy. Everyone else was really chill because they were the headliner. I don't think that night were they. They were. They were, but people were pretty like relaxed and like just having a good time. People were looking cool. And I was just like shouting back to them, and then we had to like race back to my parents to try to get for the new year. And it was, for yeah, because like yeah, it was billed where like the the gig was gonna go through the countdown, mm. and it didn't. It like went a little bit before, so that way people there was like a DJ and a proper countdown there. Yeah, yeah. But we had like a. My we, parents were at this tiny pub in yeah. my hometown. With we like a we lot had of like <laughs> a 20 minute drive we had to do in like 15 minutes. It was a situation <laughs> like that. So I'm like on the, yeah, on the yeah. M62, bumming it at like 90 miles an hour and Ken is asleep because he sleeps all the time in cars. <laughs> yes, I believe it. I do. Yeah, yeah well, experience. Yeah, when I lived in Washington Heights. Impressive. Yeah, when I lived in Washington. He took a 10 minute cab ride over in Baltimore last weekend and Ken fell asleep immediately. <laughs> I've been talking to him. When I lived in Washington Heights, there were times when Will would drop me off at my apartment very kindly and I would fall asleep in the car pretty swiftly. It's not a long drive <laughs> by any stretch in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great yeah. moment. You know, I love that Sarah brought that up because one of my favorite qualities about her is she somehow finds a way to be the coolest person in the room without trying to be. By doing all the uncool things and making them cool. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. That's record. Now, it's my turn. Um, yeah, I'm going to be boring and stick to concert moments because I can't think of anything else. But I would say seeing Fontaine's DC's first show at Union Pool. Oh, yeah. Because it was one of those moments where I just you just sensed that his band was going to be pretty Wait, Union Pool? Union Pool. Whoa. <laughs> and, like, it's not, like, we were talking about portraits before, and that's kind of another thing I want to do more of, but it's kind of like a crippling anxiety, fear, like self-doubt thing. But, for some reason, I was like, I have to ask for this band, like, these guys are going to be pretty special. And I did, it went well, and that show was just amazing. Yeah. And here they are, like, 
they had a crazy year. So it was, cool. Un- it was cool to see them early. They're an unbelievable band. They were like one of the best things to come out of Ireland last Absolutely. year. And it's amazing what they've accomplished. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'd also say Vamp- seeing Vampire Weekend at Webster Hall play like three, play, play oh. like 90 songs and like. Wasn't it eight hours, hours long? It was insane. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, a full work day. <laughs> yeah, that, that was insane for obvious reasons. And um, yeah, get, I just recently got a photo in the New York Times. Yeah, so that's that was oh, yeah. pretty cool. Was it a photo of Akishibashi? Yeah. Who's so, an amazing artist? That's another like thing I never would imagine would be a, a you know possible. So, it, was, it was pretty cool because it's been a year of just you know I think we all go we talked about this how you, you ebb and flow like there's times you love it and there's times you're like why am I doing it what's the point but yeah it ends up you know bringing you back and you realize you love it for a reason. So. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Um, I hope Sarah doesn't end up beheading me. For what I want Is it to not say. about me? Your favorite moment? <laughs> my favorite, you know, my favorite moment related to the craft then, because I wasn't shooting that everything, everything gig. I was just there as a spectator. Mm-hmm. So in the context of my favorite moment in terms of craft, it was back in February when I got to go to uh, Paris for like, a uh, close to forty eight hours. I was there what? only for like close to forty eight hours, crazy. and um, I got to shoot the last show of um, the French group Her. And um, they played the Zenith, which is like Paris's equivalent of uh, Madison Square Garden, like in terms of legacy and like what it means to the city. And um, it's actually really important to bring this up in the context of the podcast. Um, the way it started is that her was a duo up in France, uh, Victor and Simon. And um, I met them for the first time um, actually the day me and Sarah matched on Tinder, which is really amazing, in uh, June of 2017. And um, what ended up happening was, um, yeah, what ended up happening was that um, Simon unfortunately died of cancer later in the year, and um, their album wasn't out yet. So Victor um, decided to finish the album, and it came out, and it did really well. This was um, last year the album came out, and um, uh, we had Victor on the podcast, and we had met before, and we've kept in touch. And um, his uh, wife's his manager, a really lovely lady. And um, they could tell what my energy was like from like um, an intentional level. So I asked Victor to come on the podcast and before talking about, you know, the music and everything, I was very candid to telling him that, you know, obviously you want to do this big thing with Simon. I think it's important that you talk about it, especially on a platform like this. And he was all for it. So that episode is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done because we got to kind of essentially distill a very frank and direct conversation about death and how it could affect you and that conversation spawned into this friendship that we still have and then when I played the Zenith in Paris they invited me out to come shoot it like kind of saying like hey we don't know if you'll be in Paris but if you can you know if you want to come you're you're free to not just come to the show but you could spend the day with us and stuff and we'd love to have you and it was one of those things where like I, I had in my mind anyway because like, you know on social media see announcements I thought that would be nice and flying to Paris isn't absurdly expensive and I saw that and I was like oh wait yeah definitely like because Victor's gonna do his own thing but he's he for that night we put her to rest because it was always a thing of him and Simon so the fact that the podcast kind of facilitated that being a possibility and then to being there like actually being at the arena and seeing all the people and like singing those songs and being there with my camera it was like yeah it was a really amazing moment it, I, it, I, I 
yeah, I cried. Like, I was, you couldn't not cry. Like, it was like, you felt, it was very palpable, everything. And, yeah, that's one of those moments I'm just going to take with me forever. Like, it was a really amazing moment. Yeah. That was a beautiful thing. So what Sarah's doing now is she's looking at my phone because she knows that there's talking points on there. And here's the interesting thing. This, this is like breaking the fourth wall a bit. So when I do podcasts, I'll typically have talking points and questions on my phone, on my notes app. And um, yeah, I just go through the course of them. I mean, I generally try not to have to adhere to them. But yeah, that's one of those things. In case people listening or were curious how I would uh, facilitate questions and ask them people, now you know. The notes app on the iPhone. <laughs> it's a very high production level. It's a very interesting, helpful tool. Um, and you know, bringing that up, like I've been fortunate to have like really amazing guests. Like some of my favorite podcasts were like with um, Jacob Banks, Gary Newman, um, the Staves. They're friends of mine too, and they were on really early. Um, Don Richard, which Dana, I've been meaning to text. From Danity Kane. Yes, she was on. I meant to text you about her. Yo, she's we oh, had her um, back in like March or April. She's fucking boss, yo. She's fucking amazing. That's so funny. I just watched like a YouTube video that kind of uh, talked about the rise and fall of Denity Kane. Like literally, like this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you get out of here, if you want a podcast episode to listen to, go listen to what I did. You know with what? Yeah. I will. You should. <laughs> yeah, and she just goes by Dawn, and yeah, she is just like. I love bringing that episode up because it's similar to the Gary Newman one where these are people who have such interesting stories and I found myself thinking when doing the episodes that like those two specifically that anyone who listens to them is going to want to hear how interesting they are. So this is where I definitely have to proactively be that arbiter role. So on that, on those episodes, you barely hear me talk and you just hear them talk. Yeah. And it's like, that's how in, like interesting and integral they are. Like Dawn is like... She's all about being an independent black woman. Um, and I respect her highly, too, because she's all about shifting the narrative of, like, how limiting black creatives could be. Because her album, it's a big standout of 2019 for me because it sounds very futuristic, very, like, creative. And it's, like, the last thing you would expect a black woman from New Orleans to make. And it's wild. So, yeah, if people haven't listened to that talk before, go check that out. Uh, the 405 Exchange with Dawn. I'm doing finger guns at the recording. <laughs> and um, her album, New Breed, it's really amazing. And um, other amazing episodes we've had too, The War and Treaty, the husband and wife duo. Uh, me and Will, we saw and met them briefly at a Newport Folk Festival. Oh. Yeah, they're amazing. Oh, yeah, we met them in the press tent and like, they left a really strong impression. We were talking to them as um, the singer from uh, Loco Cunny ran into the yes. media tent. I remember that. that yeah. Amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing thing. Um, Mondo Cosmo, who's become a good friend, Josh from LA, um, and Mona Hadar, she's like, um, she's, um, a Muslim rap, female rapper. Mm. Yeah, so that's, she's really interesting. And, um, I've been fortunate to build some relationships, too, like, um, Pronoun, uh, the musician Pronoun, we're really good friends, Yokelor, um, Suleen, who's a South African artist who lives here in Brooklyn, um, she's amazing, Alex Leahy. Ariana on the Rose, Talos, who's from Ireland, um, Dermot Kennedy, and Victor I brought up from her. Like, those are all people I wanted to bring up because they're like people I've become legitimate friends with, which it always feels weird to say. And kind of from a crazy small podcast like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really weird, man. We're doing a, like the last episode. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a lot of talking. 
<laughs> yeah, more than I usually do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, after this, you guys are doing um, some interesting things. You got, like, Dana and Will. You both are going to, um, what is it? Uh, Tora Moy. Yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn Steel. Brooklyn Steel. I've never seen him. He was really great. Oh, no way. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen him. Yeah, yeah somehow. I can't believe. Yeah. It's like one of those crazy things. Um, yeah. I think that's, you know, to be honest, I think that's pretty much it. It feels weird arriving at that, realizing, yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess there's some thanks I should give. Uh, thanks to Oliver at the 4 or 5, who kind of operated as a producer and engineer and, like, you know, sounding board. And, you know, it's funny, like, we always bring up publicists, but we really got the chance to, like, thank them. Um, there's publicists who were really cool. And, um, because one of the weird things about doing this, right, you would be surprised by the amount of times um, I would pitch, like, hey, I would love to have your artists on for this podcast because, uh, yeah, I should bring up to people. So sometimes I'd be already set up to shoot something and then it would hit me that, oh, this person should be on a podcast. These were in the early days. So it would be like, hey, even though I'm going to be shooting and spending the day, I'd love to do this podcast with them because I think they'd be perfect for it. And something that was really weird in the early days was the amount of times uh, people would ask me, what's a podcast? Or like, how does a podcast work? Like, it wouldn't be an obvious thing to some people who work with musicians. So there were times where I would have to learn how to convince people that a podcast would be almost a beneficial type of thing. But um, there have been some publicity firms who got it right away and were, like, super helpful. And those are the staff at Shorefire, Saxon Co., High Rise, and Grandstand. Like, all of those companies and all the publicists there, like Katie and uh, Karina at Grandstand and Jen and... um, Jamie at High Rise and Alex and um, Nina, Josh and Grace and Ali at Shorefire. I'm definitely missing out on some people. And Lewis and um, Samantha at Saxon Co. There's so many more people. If I forgot you, I'm sorry. But like, what was really cool is being able to create this thing and having these individuals like directly impacted and really encourage it. Cause you know, sometimes you create things and you worry about it existing within a vacuum and being scared of like it not growing or being molded into something different and you know as a creator sometimes you get precious in that so there's like that push and pull but I was always welcoming to people having their input on it even though it was my thing and yeah these um publicists and these managers their level of enthusiasm was really major in pushing things forward so thanks and yeah I'd also say thank you to everyone who's ever been a guest anyone who's ever listened um even after this last episode comes out, what I feel really proud about is knowing that you have this large, extensive... I should mention this. So even though the 4 or 5 is shutting down, all of these episodes are going to exist everywhere. So anywhere you get podcasts, you'll be able to go back and listen to. So if you found the 4 or 5 exchange for the first time and you see last episode and you're thinking like, oh, where are the other podcasts? Um, scroll down and see all the other ones. <laughs> so you can... Um, even though the podcast is ending, I feel really proud in knowing that um yeah that like it's gonna live on and that there's well over 300 episodes that people could go back to so many different musicians and um yeah that's pretty much everything i wanted to say and wow this is the last episode yeah thank you yeah is there anything you want to say while people are listening to turn your own question back (laughs) (laughs) oh wow i like what you did there (laughs) um shit <laughs> uh yeah literally just thank you i mean even 
if you if this is the first and only episode you listen to, the fact that you listen to the whole thing, um, wow, <laughs> thanks. What's wrong with you? I don't know why you listen to this whole thing. Oh, I'm kidding. No, these these are great people. That's why you want to listen. Um, yeah. yeah, I am amazed, and um, you know, like I'm an it, it's been brought up. I'm a naturally curious person, and that pretty much fueled um doing this and like setting it forward and growing with it and if there's anything i learned over the course of doing this is that um you could definitely become a better listener and in that a better human being where you know naturally from having so many guests you hear that number 300 plus and because of that we had so many people from different walks of life like so many people from like britain australia um even africa um, different parts of Asia, uh, I bring that up uh, in different parts of Europe, I mean, Germany, uh, Holland, uh, Scandinavia, I mean, I've been in, in different parts of America, I bring it up because relative, where for me, it really has amazed me to know that I could be put in a situation with somebody who comes from a different walk of life, and I can connect with them on a human level, and that's something I'm really proud of. It feels weird to me sometimes being able to say proud of in the context of myself, but yeah, I look about what I was able to do with this well beyond what I ever even imagined. And yeah, I've gotten to talk to some amazing people. And with that, I've grown as a person as well, naturally. So yeah, and if you've listened to any episode and if you're going to listen to any episode after this, you know, thank you. Because you as a listener, you're part of that. You're, you've been part of that growth. You've been part of me learning to be a better human being just by interacting with others and, you know, if you've listened to one episode, I imagine it's come from being a naturally curious person. So the fact that you share that curiosity with me, I feel a kinship with you. So yeah, I guess just thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being interested. And yeah, there's going to be another podcast eventually. Be on the lookout. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter because my Twitter handle now matches my Instagram. It's cool that you could do that now, by the way. Um, <laughs> that is Konami Photo. That's K E N. A M as in mommy, I. Yo, mommy, that's funny. M as in mommy, I. Uh, oh, I should redo it again. Sorry, I cut it. K E N A M I photo F. Do you know what I thought? Do you know what I thought? You're a season pro here. No, do you know what I thought of? Do you know what I thought of? I thought of like how some people in Europe. Spell photo F O T O, and in my head I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna spell photo because anyone listening should not spell photo. What the fuck? But yes, I spell photo the American way, which is P H O T O. Not a photo. Find me on Instagram and Twitter, and you know, give me a follow. If you can find them. If you can find me. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that I'll have a new podcast around May or June 2020. Um, the, the idea there is to have it be um, more of like season-based show. Um, saying this so that everyone listening could hold me to this. It's the idea that like with this it was amazing to have it run its course. It'd be like an ongoing running series. But the next series will be a lot more concentrated and a lot more just like um, season-based. So that'll be the next thing coming. Um, I don't know what it'll be called, but you can guarantee... I would say to a 98 percentile that the word exchange will be in it at some point. So just be on the lookout for my name, exchange, coming in the future at some point. And yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, 
Dana, thanks for being here. Will, thanks for being here. Sarah, thanks for being here. We're at our apartment, so you don't have a choice for being here, but thanks for being here. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that's the last episode of the 405 Exchange. Shit, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shucks. Oh, fuck, that's it. It's a wrap. And that wraps up the 405 Exchange podcast. Uh, There's a lot more people to thank, and I'm sorry if I missed your name. Um, There's been so many bands, singers, uh, crew, uh, friends, labels, and publicists who have helped this thing morph into what it eventually became. Um, Before we sign off for good, I just want to say a big thanks to my girlfriend, Sarah. Um, When we met, I had already started the podcast, and... um, It required a lot of my time. When you work in music, your schedule can change literally in a second. And having a partner who understands that and is supportive of you building something is really huge. Um, Sarah, you've taught me what it means to be a partner and uh, I'll never have the time to go into all the ways you've changed my life. Um, I'm forever grateful for you being in my life. And yeah, thanks. Um, and again, also you, the listeners. I mean, I thanked you in the intro, but I'd like to thank you again. Um, seriously, man, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Um, yeah, you'll be hearing my voice again soon. Count on it. <laughs>